All right, everybody, welcome to episode 18 of the Backseat Huddle Podcast. As always, I am your host, Tristan Weber, and I'm going to be taking you around the NFL as always. Today, I'm going to be talking to you guys about the Philadelphia Eagles and why it's time to start giving them the true respect that they deserve. Talking to you guys about Brock Purdy in the San Francisco 49ers, and they are obviously my love affair for the 2022 season. I'm also going to be talking to you guys about the Minnesota Vikings and a little bit about the Cowboys. So today I am sticking with the NFC for the most part. Let's go ahead and get into it. All right, so... The Minnesota Vikings, like, look, I feel like what I'm about to say, a lot of people have already felt, but personally, I like concrete evidence. I like to have a concrete thing that I can look at and I can say, hey, this is why I feel this way. And this week, the Minnesota Vikings have given me that. They have given me the opportunity to say that, like we suspected, the Minnesota Vikings are not as good as their record implies that they are. Between getting blown out at home by the Cowboys and then walking into a game against the Lions, who the Vikings had double the win total of, they were a underdog. The Vikings had 10 wins and the Lions had five walking into that game. And the Vikings walked in as a two and a half point underdog. And it is officially clear once again that the Vikings are not as good as their record implies that they are. Kirk Cousins. Like we all know, I'm a big Kirk Cousins guy. I like him, but he isn't good enough. The defense isn't good enough, and nothing about this Minnesota Vikings team says that they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. They are good enough to win a playoff game just because the bottom of the NFC right now is really weak, but this isn't a Super Bowl contending team. And this game against the Lions was a microcosm of why. Their offensive line isn't great. They don't run the ball extremely well. They get behind in every single game, and then they become overly reliant on Kirk Cousins passing the ball, which, once again, nobody that is listening to or watching this show trusts. Their pass defense is also the worst 32nd ranked, or maybe 31st, in the NFL. You can be not that good at some things in the NFL and still win the Super Bowl or make a deep playoff run. But you cannot, in 2022, have the worst pass defense in the NFL and expect to make any sort of legitimate playoff run. And what's even kind of weird about the Minnesota Vikings is that it's not always a stats-driven thing with them. Like, aside from their pass defense being really, really bad, there, there really isn't a lot you can point to and be like, well, that is it. That's why they're not that good, aside from their point differential. But there is a significant level of optics and watching the Minnesota Vikings that you can just see they're really just not that good of a team. You, I mean, you, like the, the saying goes, you are what your record says that you are, but the Vikings, quite frankly, just aren't what their record says that they are. Let me ask you this, viewer at home. Let me ask you this. When is the last time this season you watched the Minnesota Vikings play and you thought, The Vikings are definitely the better of the two teams I'm watching right now. The entire game, they just 
didn't look like they were better than the Lions. And they, I would argue they didn't look like they were better than the Bills. And what was their best win of the season? They didn't necessarily look much better than any of those 10 teams that they beat to get to the record that they have. And at no point have I ever watched the Minnesota Vikings this season and thought, wow, this team is really good. They've just won a whole bunch of close games and they pull off like miraculous catches like against the like against Justin Jefferson and the Bills and they lean on him to have a big game and then somehow at the end they just pull it out, which shows resiliency. But in the Minnesota Vikings case, I don't feel like it shows that they're as good of a team. On the other side of this, I do just want to talk about the Lions for just a second. I don't have a ton about the Lions, but it looks like Dan Campbell appears to be the right choice for them at head coach because they do seem to be better than their record implies that they are, and they are 5-1 and one in their last six games. The Detroit Lions are making a late-season playoff push, which is something you love to see out of the Lions. And I also want to shout them out for this play, which is one of my favorite plays of the entire year, where they put their right tackle in motion, and they throw it to them to basically ice the game. That was freaking cool. So shout-out to the Lions for that. Cool. Let's go ahead and move on. The Philadelphia Eagles. I am absolutely done disrespecting the Philadelphia Eagles. It is extremely hard to win in the NFL, and the Philadelphia Eagles just keep blowing teams out. The common argument against the Eagles is that they haven't played a difficult schedule. Who have they played? You know, who are they playing? But the teams that they have played, they've blown out. The most common margin of victory in the NFL is three points. So keep that in mind when I say this. So most Sundays, the average team is winning by a field goal, three points. This season, the Vikings have beaten the Vikings by 17, the Commanders by 16, the Steelers by 12, the Titans by 25, the Giants by 26, the Jaguars by eight, the Cowboys by nine, and the Packers by seven. So they're winning a lot of games by a lot of points. And they are winning right now by an average of 10 points per game. So once again, the average margin of victory is three points. The Philadelphia Eagles, when they win the game, are doing it by a margin that is three times higher than the average team on any given Sunday. There is an Alabama effect to this where you put a lesser team in front of them and they just blow them out. But this isn't college football. So imagine being three times better when you win than the average team in the NFL is. And they also have had a come-from-behind victory against the Colts. That was an ugly game. But they're a young team, and it is important for a young team to be able to feel confident in coming from behind and rallying the troops. And it's huge that they've at least done that once. And even if it is just once for now, they at least have the experience doing it. So they've been dominant. And they've had to have a come from behind victory as well. And at some point, we have to give respect to a team that has won 12 of 13 games. Even if they aren't playing an extremely difficult schedule, that is extremely impressive. And it is telling of a team's ability that they're blowing these teams out. It's not like they're the Minnesota Vikings, which where they're playing a bunch of really close games against a bunch of really mediocre, really average or bad teams. If you crush 
an average to mediocre to bad team over and over and over again, it is evidence that you are a good team. If the Chiefs right now were doing what the Philadelphia Eagles are, which is blowing out all these teams, we'd be freaking out about it. We would be freaking out about the Chiefs are going to win a million Super Bowls. But the problem is the Philadelphia Eagles have not been there and they have not done that. They haven't been to Super Bowl. They haven't won a Super Bowl yet. They haven't made that big win. And it's a new story. And as such, we are not giving them the credit that they deserve. This is not me saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl. This is not me saying that they're going to be a dynasty. This is not me saying that they are undoubtedly the best team in the NFL. But this is me saying they deserve to very much be in that class. The Right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are the class of the NFC. There is one other team, which I'm going to talk about in just a second, which I like a little bit better. But it is time to give the Philadelphia Eagles the respect that they deserve. Winning 12 of 13 games by the margin that they're doing it is indicative that they are a very, very, very good team in the NFL. So let's go ahead and give it to the Philadelphia Eagles. Lastly, actually not lastly, I have two more. Uh, my 2022 love affair with the San Francisco 49ers gets to continue, even though I am a huge Tom Brady fan. They absolutely crushed the Buccaneers this Sunday. And it's time for me to overreact about Brock Purdy. I'm so excited to get to have an overreaction today about Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is apparently that dude. Like, if he keeps playing like this, it is absolutely not out of the question to say that the 49ers are still very much in Super Bowl contention. If any of you guys listen to my podcast on a consistent basis, which you get, nobody is, you guys know that I absolutely love the 49ers this season. And I didn't grow up loving the 49ers, but I cannot help but root for this team. I love this 49ers team, and I love this story of Brock Purdy because right now it is more than just a story. This dude, Brock Purdy, is apparently really, really good. This Bucks defense is no joke. They're top 10 in the NFL. And Todd Bowles has his moments of being one of the best defensive coaches and one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL, despite him being a head coach. Uh, but I'm going to show you guys this highlight, and this has been shown to death. But this is real. This dude has a giant defensive lineman bearing down on him and delivers an absolute dot of a throw to Christian McCaffrey for a touchdown. That is just, that's no joke. That is a real NFL throw. And it's, I just, it's crazy because Brock Purdy just flew right under everyone's noses quite literally as the last pick of this NFL's draft. And he is playing like anything, but there is nothing but awe to be had for how well this guy has played in these two, these past two games. It just defies all beliefs through two games. There is absolutely no drop off from Brock Purdy to Jimmy G. He's Brock Purdy is certainly more mobile than Jimmy G is. And if he keeps playing this way, there's no reason to think that the San Francisco 49ers cannot can cannot go to the Super Bowl. I do have a concern though about Brock Purdy. Is it realistic enough? It rather let me restart. I have a concern about Brock Purdy. Is it realistic for us to expect? a rookie seventh round pick to continue to play this way that he is. We have seen some unproven quarterbacks look very good 
for short spurts before defenses have film on how to attack them. We watched Kyle Allen win five straight games in Carolina a few seasons ago. Trevor Simeon looked like the heir apparent for a couple games for Peyton Manning in 2016. Gardner Minshew took the world by storm for a few games down in Jacksonville. At one point, Sam Darnold won six of his last eight games to end the 2019 season. There is a precedent for quarterbacks coming in and winning a lot of games for a short time and then fizzling out. And that is very much my worry for Brock Purdy. I will say this much for Brock Purdy, however. Based on the way he looks, which I love optics because I'm just, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm a nobody. I love optics. Based on the way that he looks, it does not look like Kyle Allen is going to fizzle. There is a certain je ne sais quoi that he has where it looks like he is an outlier. But we will just have to wait and see what happens for Brock Purdy. And I'm rooting for him. I imagine everybody's rooting for him. Like, it is hard to root against this guy because what a story. And he seems like a cool dude, too. So let's go Brock Purdy for the rest of the season. Take the Niners to the moon. Okay. Last, very, very, very shortly, I would like to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. And this is probably going to be a 10 to 15 to 30, 60 second thing. I don't make much of the Dallas Cowboys getting getting played close by the Texans. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys came into this game as a 17 and a half point favorite. Earlier, I said the average margin of victory is three points. And they came into this game as a 17 point favorite, meaning they'd have to win this game by six times more than average to cover the spread. That is absolutely massive number in the NFL. This isn't college football. 17 points is a huge amount to win a football game. by, And that's disrespectful toward the Houston Texans. So, of course, they were going to come into this game pissed off. And it's not easy to win in the NFL, regardless of how many times you've blown team out like the Dallas Cowboys have. So, this is the NFL, and it's hard to win games. The Dallas Cowboys likely got full of themselves. They likely got full of themselves. They saw the headlines about how good they are. They're coming off of an absolutely dominant win against the Colts. The Houston Texans haven't had a good season. They're facing their in-state rival. Pride is on the line. You get it. It makes perfect sense that this would have been a trap game of sorts for the Dallas Cowboys. They're like, oh, it's just the Texans. They're a one and ten team, one ten and one team. They just overlooked them. I mean, it's it, it just happened, okay? And they didn't play great, but the Dallas Cowboys still inevitably won the game. Cool. So I don't make a ton of this game because the reality of it was they got played very close by a team that's their in-state rival and got absolutely disrespected by everybody. And these are still professional athletes. They went out there and they played with some pride, okay? So that's it. That's my show today. Thank you all for listening. Take care, everybody.